Handoff, Damian Williams trying to get to the edge, breaks a tackle, 35, 30, Damian Williams, 20, stays in bounds, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City! Acelera Williams, tiene el primer 10, escapa a la 20, a la 10, touchdown, Damien Williams. Oh, Damien Williams peut être plié l'affaire avec oh, cette course qui va jusqu'au touchdown. Damien Williams runs to immortality in Chiefs Kingdom. Get ready to welcome your champions. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Arrowheads Abroad podcast. Um, tonight, it's just me and Neil, so do you want to introduce yourself, Neil? Uh, I'm Neil, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, like to think any, I'd like to think people who are listening know who I am by now. I could be Reintroduce wrong, yourself, I should have I'd said. like to think it. Hi, I'm Neil. <laughs> yeah, we are on a weekly now, so it should uh, it should be stuck in the brains of everyone that, uh, who we are yeah, by now. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'd like to think so. <laughs> uh, so it was another dominating wing for the Chiefs uh, in week eight is it yeah week eight yeah, yeah um against new york jets one of the weaker teams in the league if not um the weakest uh, and we obviously scored a load of points and held them to just field goals there they got three three field goals on the uh, on the game and they were all in the first half um so what do you think about the chiefs performance this weekend um i i worry that i'm sounding repetitive here but it was another <laughs> clinic of putting away a bad team um, yeah like the the thing that's impressed me so much this season is how professionally we've gone about beating the bad teams that we've played. Um, like we were just chatting before we started recording there, and out of our seven wins, five of them have been double digit. And like since we lost to the Raiders the last three weeks, there's not really been any stage of any of the three games where you thought, "Well, this is a bit iffy here." It's just been put them to bed early and get on to the next game. It's been it's been remarkable to, to look at, really, to be honest. Yeah, um, and like you said, we've not exactly played the uh, creme de la creme of the NFL in recent weeks, but even though they've not been the best teams, we have comfortably put them away. And I think they've almost gone, like you said, mistakeless. Like, we have just played such efficient, dominant football that it's been really impressive to watch. Um, I mean, we doubled the amount of yards oh over doubled the amount of yards that the jets had on a day we had 496 they had 221 um i mean we got 12 more first downs than them it was just a, a, a crushing victory for the chiefs um, they're, they're bad though aren't they i mean yeah yeah i I'm, it, i i feel sorry so sorry for jets fans because like i i've been there like, i i've supported the chiefs when we were a 2 and 14 team I've seen some really, really bad teams over the years. So I know how it feels, and it does not feel good. Um, but, you know, the, I'd like to say there's a light at the end of the tunnel. The start will be sacking Adam Gase. Um, the, <clears throat> the sooner that happens, the better, really. Like, to, to come into a game with your game plan is, we're going to stop the run and challenge Patrick Mahomes to beat us. It certainly had the element of surprise going for it, but that's about as much as I can say. Yeah, because the dominant talk throughout the week leading up to the game was this going to be run heavy, Le'Veon Bell's going to want his revenge. I mean, we talked about it on the podcast last week about how dominant this is going to be on the ground. And then Mahomes throws a five touchdown, God knows how many yards. Yeah, 416 yards. yards. Zero interception game, it, insane. I mean, I saw his um, his like throw chart uh, where they like plot all of his completions yeah, and how yeah, far yeah. they were from the line of scrimmage, and it was just absurd. I mean, it, three of his touchdowns were thirty plus yards. Yeah, it, it was insane. It was a, such a crushing performance from Patrick Mahomes. Um, spread the ball around really well. Was really efficient with the football. Made some lovely plays. I mean, the I think it was the second touchdown, the deep one to Tyreek Hill was lovely. The one that he fitted right in the um, top left of the end zone, right in yeah. between the defender's arms was so nice. Um, yeah, he had a great performance. Um, we, we had seven plays over 20 yards, and they were all Mahomes passes. The Jets had one. <laughs> um, yeah. The one area that the Jets did do better in us than us uh, was penalties. Um we had seven penalties in that game for 61 yards. Um, they only had three for 25, um, which has been quite a consistent 
problem for this. Well, I say problem. It's not really held us back much uh, in recent <laughs> history, but um, we we are. Do we do tend to be quite a, um, a penalised team um, in games? I mean, I know it didn't really make a difference in the course of this game, um, but that's still quite a big number: sixty-one yards and seven penalties. It wasn't something I noticed during the course of the game, to be honest. Though I never, uh, until you said that, it never occurred to me that we hadn't had the greatest of days there. Yeah, it did shock me as well because I just just read it on the screen now, and, and even I was a bit like taken aback by it because it didn't really didn't feel like it. I mean, because it was such a dominant effort. I mean, those things must just slip by you because you're already up big. Penalties don't really matter when you yeah, when, when you have such control lead. If it was a nail biter, every penalty you're going to be like <laughs> grabbing the chair and squeeze as hard as you can, complaining about it. But um, yeah, no, it, it wasn't really noticeable. But it's something that I just saw on the statue here that that took me back a bit. Any uh, other than that, interference. I'm just going through them now. Oh, are you now? Yeah. Um, no, that's them. Them. No, there's not. There's, there was only one in the first half. Demarcus Robinson. There's one. Uh, Allegretti in a, ineligible downfield. A pass. Oh yeah, no, that I remember one. that one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't, I'm struggling to find them now. Yeah, it's weird because, like both said, it was just it didn't feel like it in the game. It didn't feel like there were that many. When you look back on it and you realise they do, uh, they do build up, um, and it'll be something to look out for in like the more meaningful games that the Chiefs play, especially towards the end of the season when we face like Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and then into the playoffs. Um, it's something the Chiefs are going to have to tighten up when they start playing some uh, closer some games. Good, t- good teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and the uh, stakes are a bit higher um, as we chase that one seed and, and and we look to go into the playoffs. Um, yeah, it's just something that caught my eye a bit when I was when I was reading through it as just a. It's not great. Um, it's something that I'd like to see us tighten up. But, you know, against a team like the Jets, it didn't matter too much. Um, we have tended to raise our game to the better teams. So we <clears throat> we have been a little bit guilty of playing to the level of the opposition. I mean, we're still thrashing teams. I don't know if I can even say that, can I? Because, like, we've, we've been... Comf- there's been a wide margin between us... And whoever we've played against, but it's been a consistent margin. So, like, if we played a good team, we played really well. If we played a bad mm. team, we played kind of reasonably well. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I think the thing that demonstrates that the most is Patrick Mahomes has been benched in 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 the last two games we played. We haven't needed to have Patrick Mahomes on the field in the fourth quarter um, against Denver and. Um, New York and and being able to bench your starting quarterback in, in a regular season game is is an impressive feat uh, and it, and it, and it's good to see because it does show how we can just consistently get a win and get out there without having to explode every game and 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 really show off. Um, I, and I see what you mean. We aren't really pushing ourselves too much and we're not over gassing ourselves so we tire ourselves out as, as we go on. We're just taking it steady and and taking it one week at a time, which is what I like to see. Yeah, I mean like the one really top performance was against the Ravens who were the best team we've played against mm. and then probably Buffalo and New England who are well Buffalo are probably the next best New England not anymore but um, you know we, we've played well against the good teams and we've played reasonably well against the not good teams but it's still been enough to, to win pretty comfortably there's just that Raiders game sticks out doesn't it yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, tarnishing our, our what we would like to be in a perfect record uh, half through the season. Um, but you know, we have, we were seeing him again before the season ends, so I'm sure we'll uh, we'll tidy that up before the season's over, and we'll get our revenge on the Raiders. Uh, Three weeks time, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah. Panthers bye week. Raiders. Then right? Raiders. Yeah. 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 Um, we're heading out to Las Vegas, obviously. So first game in the uh, in the Death Star. That's what they're calling it, aren't they? Yeah. Or the Roomba, whichever you want to. Cool I'll, stick, I'll stick with the Death Star. It makes no difference <laughs> to me what they call the stadium. <laughs> we're going yeah, I mean, to own it soon anyway. So yeah, just gonna, exactly. It's just yeah. going to be another Arrowhead West kind of thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so hopefully we can go in there and get the uh, get the result. But yeah, we did play well against, like you said, against the Ravens. And I feel like it was it was like a statement game. I feel like we needed yeah. to show that like this rivalry thing that, that the media wants to put on the Chiefs and the Ravens, it's not. It's a three and O comfortable lead to the yeah, Chiefs, you've, and, and you've got to beat us a few times before yeah. 
you can call it a rivalry. Yeah, so I feel like when we need to step up, and especially in the second half of the Patriots game, after we kind of because we started about uh, started up a bit sloppy, didn't we, against the Patriots? Yes. And yeah. they did have our number for a little bit. Um, I don't know if that's because of obviously Cam Newton didn't play, so whether that just slowed us down a bit and we didn't really give it our all. Like you said, we thought we could just glide through it comfortably, but against Belichick, we really did need to pull our finger out uh, towards the end and, and make sure we won that game. Um, but yeah, I feel, I feel like we're showing up when we need to, and when we're not, we're just grinding out the game, putting up good numbers, getting a clean win, and, and getting out there, which is what I like to see from this team, because we are expected to to have a deep playoff run and, and hopefully go the distance this year. So I don't want to see us overworking and, and tiring ourselves out and almost running out of gas and then like wearing a heart on our sleeve almost and and showing people all of our um, like amazing plays and all the the deep recesses of Andy Reid's mind in the first half of the season I want to see those things develop as the season goes on yeah did did you have any concerns over the run game 20 carries 50 yards two and a half yards a carry That's I mean not it's, very, it's not very good yeah yeah especially because it was so built up in the uh in the uh like the week leading up to the game and it was something that me and tom actually talked about on the instagram live that we did at halftime i said there's two things we need to do in the second half and that is establish the run a bit more and just really you know work the clock down and just get out there the win because it was kind of like a comfortable lead at that time um we were up 21 to 9 and we were looking comfortable so establish the run was one thing i wanted us to do and and play a bit better on defense because I, I was a bit disappointed that we had la- allowed three field goals um, in mm. the in the first half. It was something that they were kind of driving down the field and getting into those positions. And they were actually in position for a fourth, weren't they? But it got blocked. Yes. Um, so they were getting themselves in position to, to, to put points on the board. And that's that's something that I wanted to see sort out. And they actually did because obviously we shut them out in the second half. They, they only had about 60 yards in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was complete dominance in the second half. Um, and we got a turnover as well, didn't we? We... Uh, got a fumble recovery i believe yes in the, we did. In the second yeah. half yeah and i think that was another thing i said we didn't we hadn't had any any turnovers yet and i wanted to see the chiefs take the ball away from sam Darnold and the jets and we did that once so we tightened up on defense but the run game still wasn't there and i know what you mean it, it was a bit of a lackluster performance and not a, as impressive as you'd like to see from the chiefs run game and something that we had seen in, in the, the weeks prior so if you were playing against this chiefs team like you've seen teams of backed off and kind of said right you're going to have to have 13 14 play drives and beat us that way and we've done it consistently and then the Jets went the other way around and said right we're going to blitz the hell out of you and Mahomes is going to have to beat us and he's done it so if you were playing against the Chiefs which of those two options would you take (laughs) well I mean not letting Patrick Mahomes <laughs> do the things he does to you, I think would always be the better option. I mean, if you can, and I think a run, a run heavy game where they just grind the, the yards out of you and just slowly beat you down um, is less, I don't know. It's, it's more, but then, less then your defense is on the field it. more yeah, and they're going to get more and more worn out, which makes it harder and harder to defend that as the game goes on. Mm, yeah, it really is like a pick your poison. And this was something that we said going into the season as well. We said, how do you stop this Chiefs offense? You you now have the, some people thought that the top running back in the draft, drafting the first round. Um, and we said before the season started, before we even had Levy on Bell, that this was going to be a dangerous offense to work with because you allow you allow the run game and Clyde Woods, Edward Solaire run, runs, you, runs you flat or you put pressure on the run game and Patrick Mahomes beats you over the top and now we've added Le'Veon Bell into that equation it just it, yeah it, it's just exemplified the point of just how do you beat this Chiefs offense and I think the past three weeks have shown this because we've beaten teams in both ways now yeah I, I, I genuinely I don't know I suppose it depends what your opponent's strengths are as to how you approach playing the Chiefs I mean if you fancy your chances in a shootout then I I would probably let Mahomes like go I'd try and blitz the crap out of him and shut down the run game and hope to create a turnover or two somewhere along the way that's going to give us that extra possession and the extra chance to score points if you fancy your offense enough to put up 35 40 points 
But otherwise, like if your strength is your run game, ugh. I I just don't fancy teams who can't pass the ball really well against us. Yeah, they they're gonna really struggle. Mm. And I think with with the getting into shootout with Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> I don't know which team is in 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 the league is capable of doing that now. I mean, the Steelers, well, uh, uh, obviously a top contender in the AFC. They're playing some amazing football this year. Um, but a lot of it's been on their defence. And can the mm. offence produce as well? I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, yeah, he's had he's had some good games, but is he consistently going to be that guy that, that can take the Steelers down the stretch? And when he comes toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes, can he can he be as dynamic as him? And can, and can he do the things that Patrick Mahomes is doing out there? I'm, I'm not too sure. I don't um, think so, no. And then you've got Tampa Bay, who obviously are, are very highly skilled. I mean, they're like a Swiss Army knife on offense. They've got so many different pieces and so many guys running about the place. Um, but then again, it, it puts it on Tom Brady's shoulders. Does he still have the the energy and, and the arm and, and the accuracy to to go toe-to-toe with one of the NFL's brightest young stars? It, it'll be interesting to see. I would have to say, yes, he does. Uh, for, from what I've seen of the books, I've, I've kind of half-seen bits of games i've had red zone on and they've been kind of flicking into the bucks games and from what i've seen yeah he's he's still tom brady if you want to kind of if you understand what i mean there you know he's not lost much of anything he he never had humongous arm strength he had a really good brain he knew where to put it he still got that but he's got weapons around him now that he just didn't have in the last few years in new england yeah, yeah. I mean, his offense is is much better in Tampa Bay than it was last season uh, with the uh, Patriots. And, and they've just added Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's going to be crazy. For, for how long, I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> how that pans out. It's, it's weird because be Tom Brady must have had some influence in yes. in that decision because obviously he he was he he wanted him in, in New England as well, doesn't he? Yeah, yes. didn't he? So there must have been some influence there, and. Obviously, Antonio Brown has has proven in years prior that he is a great receiver and he has that potential. But he's a nut job. He's yeah, he, there's so many question marks. Job. Yeah, there's so many question marks that just make you think like, will it be worth it for for Tampa Bay? Um, you're, you're taking such a risk, bringing a character like that into what was a pretty successful. What are they six and two at the moment? At the yeah. end of division with the Panthers, so I can soon like Yeah, they're six and two. Like it's not like you're struggling. Mm. And you've got a pretty stacked wide receiver room. Like they've got Evans, Godwin, Gronkowski, that Scotty Miller's looking like a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. You know, they are not shy of options. Yeah. Um I mean at the Patriots last season I understood it because their their options weren't they didn't exactly have the best depth uh, at receiver, shall we say. Uh, they had Edelman outside of Edelman, who really they had Nikhil Harry, who didn't really live up to, to 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 what he was uh, projected to be out of college. Um, so I understood it there because they had a need for it. But at, at, in, at the Buccaneers, I, I don't see it. They've got such a strong receiving core, and it, they complement it really nicely with a running game. And then they added Lend Finette as well in the running game. Um, they had such a good offense. Um, I don't see where the need for Antonio Brown fits in, but no. more firepower can't hurt, I guess, unless it disrupts the locker room. <laughs> I'm just going to completely change topic here because Tomo, who isn't with us tonight, has just put in our WhatsApp group that Chris Jones has gone on the COVID list. No way. Yes. I'm going straight to Twitter now to check that out. So, Tomo, when you listen to this, good work, man, good work. Yeah, thank that's what you we call up to the day on, yeah, on the hot ball. Hot take, straight up the press. Um, yet wow. Chiefs placed defensive tackle Chris Jones on COVID list. Well, um, that's less than Obviously, ideal. one of our athletic trainers got put uh, on Rick Burkholder. Yeah, got put on the uh, the COVID list earlier today. Yeah. Um, obviously, whether that's linked or not, it, it, it it's up in the air, really. Who know? Who knows? But strange. Yeah, that that's going to be. Hmm. That's yeah, I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, that's that's not the best news in the world. <laughs> Yeah, Tomo just messaged. Doesn't mean he has it necessarily, but we've placed him on the COVID list. That's a good point, Tomo. It's almost like you're here, Tomo. You know, I I feel <laughs> your presence here as you WhatsApp us while we're busy recording this. Um, yeah, his influence is uh, is definitely felt. We yeah, now the question's going to be who else has had it? Because when Duncan, who also isn't with us this evening, mentioned earlier that it was Rick Burkholder who um, 
who was the person, the member of staff who went on the list, like, he would have access to a lot of players. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, if if he's got it, then there's a potential for this to spread. Mm. And my yep. mind, my mind instantly jumps to the video of the Chiefs defense dancing. Yes. Uh, on the field against the Jets, I mean, Chris Jones had his arm round. Was it Derek Naddy when they were dancing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a few others. Ah, yeah. <laughs> my mind. As soon as that that message came up, as soon as you read it out, my mind jumped to that video. So um, now it's a case of get through Sunday, and then we've got the bye week, and hopefully we'll be okay after the bye week. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess there are <laughs> worse times to, for this to happen. Uh, with one only one game against n- not a particularly threatening an opponent. I mean, if they have Christian McCaffrey, the Pampers are going to be. Uh, uh, something to look out for um yeah. so but with them and then a bye week it, it's it's not the worst time in the world for something like this to happen because uh, it does give us that breathing room to let him recover without having to worry about a future game um, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think if this was going to happen i'd rather it happen now this is probably yeah. as good a time as it could possibly be mm. and against the panthers <clears> where <throat> if mccaffrey's back their run game is going to be a big part of their offense, and Chris Jones not exactly known for his run defending capabilities. He's been he has been a bit better this year, um, but he was always known for the pass rush. So fill the hole with Derek Naddy and the likes of him. Uh, yeah, well, we I, actually, okay. I actually wrote an article about that during the week for our website, which I'm just going to try and find, because um, Chris Jones against the run really wasn't that great. Like in in terms of playmaking, here we go, where is it? Um, so I was looking at like EPA and WPA, so expected points added mm-hmm. is like the the result of the play, how more likely are you to score points after a play than you were at the start of the play? Yeah. Um, and Chris Jones is ranked fifth in our defenders in run play EPA, so he's the fifth best run defender we have essentially behind Frank Clark, uh, Wilson, Hitchens, and Nardi. So Nardi's actually playing the run better than Chris Jones, but what Chris Jones does do is in win probability, he's number one in adding to your chances of winning the game. So win probability takes into account the situation of the game and not just, you know, you've got third and seven, what's the result after the third and seven? Win probability is you've got third and seven and there's two minutes to go in the fourth quarter and you're yeah. on your own 36. <clears throat> Sorry, I've got a vicious cough myself, could be COVID here as well. Um, yeah, so Chris Jones, he's our number one defender in the case of uh, adding probability of winning to the team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, from that point of view, you don't want to be losing, losing him. Yeah, um, it certainly will be a loss. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, widely assumed as as our best defensive lineman. I mean, got the big money on the off season, yeah. um, and he is he is a staple in that defense. Not only for what he does on the field, but his his impact and his motivation off the field as well for the players in the yeah, locker room a, and on the sidelines. He's a big locker room, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he, he's a great and um, encourager and motivator for this for this defense. Um, I mean, him, him, Frank Clark, and, and Terry Matthew are just like anchors in this defense now, and, and they do yeah. really get the guys going. Um, yeah, so that will obviously be a loss uh, against against Carolina. Uh, and funnily enough, three of the top five win probability adding playmaking defenders are Chris Jones at one, Terry and Matthew at four, and Frank Clark at five. Oh, really? Who are yeah. two and three? Go on, you tell me. God. Uh, I mean, Put, putting you on the spot here. Purely based on play, I'm going to take a complete shot in the dark. Could one of them be Sorensen? He is number two. Yeah, see, because he's been making some plays this season. He's uh, had so two interceptions. Me. He's had forced fumble. I'm going to quickly pull the stats up while I talk. I mean, the pick he's... six must help. It must help. P- it, right? Pick six definitely helps. Just putting actual points on the board must help your win probability as a defender. It, um... it does to a degree, but let's say you do that in the fourth quarter when you're down by five or when you're down by five if you have a pick six that is a massive swing in win probability but if you do it in the first quarter and you're already up by seven it doesn't really change stuff that much yeah that's where the win probability is good 
because it takes all that context into account there. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that does make sense. Sorensen's had two tackles for a loss, two pass defence, two interceptions, one of them's a 50-yard touchdown and a forced fumble. Hmm. Yeah, when you a... think when you think during the off season, he is often a name that comes up, and I know I was guilty of this myself, saying, "Well, you you can save a couple of million in cap space if you cut Sorensen, kind of get Joe Bloggs off the street." You know, he he's sneaky good. <laughs> he does, and he makes plays when they matter as well. He's come up in some big moments for the Chiefs. I mean, obviously in the playoff run against the Texans, he was a, yes. like one of the key turning points in that game. Um, Absolutely, yeah, and. Yeah, he does like make his name known. Like when you need him to, he does. He does just shine and just pop uh, for this Chiefs team. And I think he does fit in really well. I think I think the team really like him. I remember there was a tweet earlier this week um, when someone said like they do a lot of weeks that Tyrion uh, Matthew and Juan Thornhill are like one of the best safety tandems in in, in the league. Um, and I think it was it was Tyrion Matthew replied to it and says like don't forget about Dan Sorensen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was just after his pick six uh, that game. Um, and he's right. I mean, he he does make plays when they're needed, and he he is a big part of this of this defense. So I'm not surprised he's he's number two on the win probability. So who's number three then? Oh, I mean, this is where it gets tricky. I'm not sure. Uh, I can tell you haven't read the bloody article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I apologise for that. <laughs> hey, hey um, look, about 26 people have read it, so I said you're not on your own there. I think it completely slipped by me. I didn't even see it come up in the group chat. Did you post it in the group chat? Because I didn't see it on the Twitter feed. No, I think I just put it on the Twitter feed. Oh, did you? Oh, yes, yeah, so I did. Well, I put it on Twitter and Facebook, it. I think. Right, okay. So, number three, anyway. So, you've got Jones at one, Sorensen at yeah. two, somebody else at three, Tyrion Matthew at four, and Frank Clark at five. I was surprised by number three. Really? See, ah, I want to say... Traverius Ward, but I really don't think it is. I'm going to say Traverius no. Ward. No, no, it's not. No, uh, it is Anthony Hitchens. Ah, oh, see that was yeah, that was. I know everyone says this, but that was my second guess. I was thinking <laughs> it, it, because what you said about um, with the EPA as well, because he's up there in the EPA, isn't he? Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, that was what kind of drew me to him because he because again he has like he's one of the not as much as Sorensen, but he, he's, he has made the, the odd play here and there uh, that makes you go wow. Um, this season he made a couple of them. Yeah, yeah it, no. I, I was reading, who was it who was writing about him during the week, who said he just looks more comfortable in the system and he, he's playing quicker than he has done in the past. I can't remember who was reading who said that now. Mm, not sure, but so I, I read somebody saying, essentially, it was the day after I'd written the article, I was like, yeah, there we go. They were talking <laughs> about Sorensen and Hitchens and how well they were doing, I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> done the research. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, and I think part of it does have to come down to as well uh, the second year in in Spagnolo's system as well. Yeah, because yeah. um, then they're a lot more familiar with it. Because I remember when he came, when he first came in and they first announced him, a lot of the talk on Chiefs Twitter was his schemes are complicated. Like it takes yeah. guys a while to understand what he's doing because he loves the blitz, he loves sending different guys, he loves showing something and then completely changing it when the ball snapped. Um, yeah, and so this is where the continuity the of players from last yeah, season yeah, really really comes into it yeah because um, defensively who do we who do we lose fuller mm-hmm. did we lose anyone else off the defense um from the starting defense i don't think so no i don't think so either. no one i can think of Unless well, that's like Dar- darren lee was kind of like a backup linebacker um did uh what's his name uh Ogba? But he was injured, wasn't oh, he? Oh, yeah, he was injured for a lot of... So, yeah, he did. Uh, Okafor was the other one as well, wasn't he? But he's back injured again, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was Okafor that left. Did both of them leave, Okafor and Okwa? No, Okafor's still here, I think, but right. he's, he's injured again. Right. Yeah, it was Okafor that left um, after the last season. And obviously... He went to the Saints, didn't he? What, Okafor? Yeah, I think so. Or was it not Okafor that came from the Saints? Oh, I'm not sure now. I'm confusing myself, which isn't difficult to do. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go into the Saints roster now quickly as I've got ESPN up. Oh, I've just Googled Ogba. Um, it's not the Saints. It's uh, Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It does yeah. ring a bell now that I've read it. Um, yeah, he's gone to the Dolphins. Um, but yeah, but other than that, we've stayed very consistent on defense. Yeah. And again, that's one of the things that we talked about before the season even started. That this is going to be huge this year, this consistency, and yeah. it, and it's showing already. It's paying dividends in in the first half of the of the regular season. Um, 
just how consistent and and well executed and well oiled our team is at the moment. Um, yeah, we are really firing in all cylinders, uh, cylinders, and it's really good to see. And this week we get back Sammy Watkins, Anthony Sherman, and Lejarius Sneed. Is Sneed back this week? Wow. I believe he was back practicing. Yes. Oh, great! That's great news. Um, because obviously he started the season so well. Um, led the league in interceptions after week two, which is something I won't forget. So where um, does he fit in with Breland and Ward? Do you bring him back into the lineup and replace one of those two? I mean, I guess it does give you the the ability to slow down his return. He's not needed to rush back onto the field. You can just kind of let him ease back into it, um, give him more snaps as the week goes on, and see see how he looks basically, uh, which is yeah. which is nice. It's not like an instant need for the Chiefs team. Although we're not playing great at cornerback, we have the guys to make plays. It's just <laughs> they've not been playing as well as. They should be, dare I say. They've been playing amazingly our corners this season. You've you've got to admire the level of play we've got out of the the corners and the safeties to a degree for the amount of or for the lack of money that's been put in. Like we we have not spent big on corners by any stretch of the imagination and yet we have consistently got good play out of them. Yeah, yeah. Um we have done really well in that department of the amount of value, obviously, like, like you said, that we've got out of the amount of money we spent. Um, but do you think that has something to do with, with the rest of the field? I mean, with the defensive line, with the defensive line, which is a, a good, solid unit, and and our safeties in like in in the back behind them playing so well. It'll do you think help, that might yeah. be part and partial of just the assistance and the help they've got around them? Yes. Um, so obviously, Ward's been playing well, um, but then you slotted in Fenton and he played well. Sneed yes. had like had good snaps towards uh, the beginning of the season. And the, all, all of that speaks of good coaching, is what yeah. that says to me. Yeah, yeah, and good finding good talent late in the draft as well. We, yeah. We've we've had a knack for that with our cornerbacks. I mean, obviously Sneed's a uh, a late round draft. Rashad was um, was he undrafted? No, Ward was undrafted, wasn't he? I think Fenton was was he like a sixth or seventh? Let's go oh right, yeah, I yeah. I, I, could, I forgot which way round it was. I knew one of them Ward out, Ward and Fenton. I knew one of them was late round. One of them was undrafted. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, uh, to he find was six that round, talent, Fenton was a sixth round pick, right? Yeah, and to find that talent like that deep in the draft and consistently find good cornerback talent, um, especially when like your premium cornerbacks, you're looking at paying. 15 million a season plus probably yeah like your Jalen Ramsey's the yeah exactly yeah we're not going to be able to do that when Mahomes contract really kicks in so to Mm -hmm. be able to find these kind of guys and a a tip of the hat to Wharton as well on the defensive line yes like yeah we are gonna have to pick up pick up like a couple of undrafted free agents each year who make contributions because that's going to keep the wage bill down and you're going to get, you're not going to need to sign that kind of veteran for three or 4 million a year when you can get away with like your undrafted free agent for like six Big Macs and a a packet of crisps, you know, (laughs) Um, you're going to have to find those savings from somewhere. And so far Brett Veach has done a fantastic job of doing that. Yeah, and I think that needs to be the key going forward for this Chiefs season, uh, for the Chiefs uh, team in future seasons. Um, finding talent and finding talent deep in the draft, allowing them to, to develop and, and, mm-hmm. and turn into... I mean, because when you have other stars elsewhere on the, on the roster, you don't need every single position to be incredibly no. talented and churning out unbelievable potential. I mean, the Rams tried it, and 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 they've regressed. Uh, the Chiefs have, have done a really good job of paying and and supporting who needs to be supported, and allowing yeah. the talent to naturally flourish elsewhere. And it has. Um, so if we can keep getting those like back end of the draft talent in, and keeping them on a cheap rookie contract, and then when yeah. they show out and they need big money, great, they get they get the big money. But it might not necessarily be with the Chiefs. And if we can keep getting the new talent coming in, I'm I'm not going to be too mad about that when they do go yeah when we had Terrez on during the summer and he was saying like it's not a problem to pay players but you have to pay the right players yeah and I, I think that's what Brett Veach has done very well we paid big money to Terry and Matthew he's been fantastic we paid mm-hmm. big money to Frank Clark he's been fantastic we've given Chris Jones a big contract he's been fantastic like we've given 
we've rewarded good play with good money. Yeah. And then those players have gone on to play well after that as well. Hitchens actually got a reasonably good contract, didn't he? He got like a three-year, 40-odd million kind of deal. You know, he wasn't wasn't out of pocket either. So, like, we've paid the right people good money so far. And and long may that continue. Yeah, yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, I mean, we we talk consistently on a podcast, podcast about how well run this Chiefs organization is from yeah, top to bottom and it shows week in week out I mean when we turn out performances like this against the Jets where we just dominate a team for four quarters it's it, it does show not just from the players on the field and the coaches on the sideline but everyone up and down the organization are just are just so well oiled and then so precise with what they do and everything has a meaning I feel like with the Chiefs nothing's just done as like a, oh we should like we should just throw some money at this guy or we should just drop this guy everything's done with a meaning and with a purpose with this chief's team yeah and and it it sees you, you see it in the results and go going forward like the margin for error on these things is going to be smaller because of Mahomes' mm-hmm. contract so to, to to be doing that now is a good sign but they're going to have to i would say not just continue to do it but probably have to do it better in the coming years, I'm just looking. Travis Kelsey was another one we gave good money to. Yeah, as well, we extended him, didn't we? Yeah. Tyreek Hill was another good one. You know, they have done a really good job of extending the right guys. Yeah. I'd I'd struggle to name the last bust we had where you, like, someone got a good contract and didn't live up to it. I'm yeah, no, I don't, any, I don't think anyone under either. Brett Veach. Yeah, no, nothing comes to mind when it would like off. off. No first saying that if anyone does know any uh busts in recent history that we have paid big money to we'd love to know please let yeah, us know absolutely stick um, as a note on twitter but yeah our first first thought i can't think of anyone uh certainly in recent history um yeah so it's looking good for us uh, as we go forward and obviously we are going forward into um oh, the carolina link. game thank good you <laughs> thank you i'm quite proud of that one <laughs> into the Pampers game this week uh, and hopefully we can see this uh, dominant streak going forward um, so are you looking forward to the Pampers game it's a 6 o'clock game isn't it on Sunday it is yeah 6 o'clock games aren't great for me but yeah, yes I'm looking forward to it um, I, I would expect to win but um, you never know as we were talking before we started recording neither of us have actually watched the Panthers play this season so I, I don't really know what we're going to be in for mm, I, I believe McCaffrey McCaffrey's back practicing again, so you would imagine yeah. he will play. Um, he's very good. Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback is all right. Um, I did. I do remember their backup running back filling the shoes of Christian McCaffrey reasonably well. I think it's Mike Davis. His Mike name Davis. Is. I think I have he's him on my fantasy team bad. as well. I'm just going to look at my fantasy team, so I'm fairly <laughs> sure I have him. He's not I've... been playing too bad for the Panthers, and he has, like I said, he has tried his best to fill that void that obviously yes, the highest paid him. running back in the league. How oh, really? How yeah. has he been? <laughs> yeah, not not great. Oh, really? On fantasy? Although, it, well, he, he's done better than uh, Melvin Gordon was doing, which is why he's oh, been right. in the team now. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, 55, uh, 331. Oh, that's his career. Where is he this season? He has been playing quite well for this Panthers, um, like I said, filling, filling the, the very big shoes of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and I, I think they'll, they'll be glad to have him back, obviously. I mean, they paid him big money for a reason. He's a, he's yeah. a great running back. Uh, you don't pay running backs big money, though. Running yeah. backs are interchangeable. <laughs> And and I think what I said literally about thirty seconds ago proves that as well with the fact that Mike Davis has come in and 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 yeah, done he's a, done a, a good reasonably job. good job of it. Yeah, he has filled the role quite well. Um, I mean, he's not McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah, not many guys are. The 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 drop off from what they got out of McCaffrey early in the season compared to what they've got out of him wasn't like fifteen million a year's worth of drop off. Mm. Yeah, um, but he does he does perform Christian McCaffrey, and he is a threat when you play him. Uh, yeah, he's you dangerous. Him, he no is, doubt about that. Yeah, he can really, really cause problems for defenses. Um, and obviously, without Chris Jones, uh, we do have one weaker link in the in defensive line now against this team that are hoping to get their star running back uh, back on the field. So it'll be interesting. Uh, obviously, I'm 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 
backing a Chiefs win, I, I think we will pull off the win against the Panthers. Um, but having Christian McCaffrey does make it a little bit uneasy for me as a fan uh, going into it because he is such a good player. The the Panthers actually uh, do give me bad memories because I, I went to see the Chiefs in Carolina, or oh, let's sort of think now, probably about 2008-ish, I would say, and we got beat 38 nothing. Um and it was a long, long <laughs> afternoon. So, so the Panthers, I just kind of have this mental association with an afternoon of pain, basically. <laughs> yeah, that does not sound like fun. Uh, I must admit it. Going all the way over to America uh, to watch that happen to your team. No, it wasn't. That was. Yeah. But Herm Edwards <laughs> was coach back then. I remember getting me cap signed by Herm Edwards before the game. Oh, really? <laughs> in fact, we we stayed in the same hotel as the team because I was queuing to check in, um, at the hotel, and there was this big guy in front of me, and I was like, "Geez, he looks familiar." And um, I was there with Hazel, and um, I said to Hazel, "He looks like Dwayne Bow," and sure enough, it was Dwayne Bow was checking in. No in front way! Of me in the hotel. Wow. Uh, and then you're kind of looking around the place going, actually, yeah, there, there's, um, what was it, Tank Tyler, I think he was called, one of big defensive linemen. Um, and then we get in the lift and Mitch Holtus is in the lift. and like, okay, Mitch, I remember <gasps> wow. I know you. Huh. Um, and in fact, Rick Burkholder got in the lift on the next floor up because Mitch introduced me to Rick Burkholder. And I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah. So there's my link with Rick Burkholder for the COVID story from earlier. Um, but yeah, Whoa. I just have... Bad, bad memories of Carolina and the actual game itself. Yeah, but I mean, everything building up to it sounded amazing. I mean, oh yeah, it, it sounds was great. Bizarre. Yeah, it was absolutely bizarre. <laughs> um, yeah, another thing that does worry about worry me about this game um, is the, like I said, the ground game, but particularly the Chiefs' run defense. We're currently 29th in the league in opponent rushing yards allowed per game. Um, 142.8 we allow in the game and obviously like I said it's 20, 29th and that's behind Cincinnati, Houston, Dallas um, it's not great obviously uh, it's not what you want uh, going into a run heavy team uh, so why nine. are teams running so much against us when they're trailing so badly most of the time is it <laughs> like it, it, it does obviously it does raise question marks because it, surely like you need to pass against the Chiefs team yeah that's what I'm thinking like teams have been trailing most of most games with the exception of the Raiders so why are they running the ball so much on us just because they can Mm. yeah it it, it does raise question marks especially because we are well one thing that probably does explain it is we're third best in passing yards allowed per game that's good 201 yards point two um so we do have considerably a considerably better almost flip the table uh passing and compared to running so that might explain it where the teams are just better at running the ball against us we, we do tend to play well against the pass i mean the our pass rush does help with chris jones and our safeties mm-hmm. do help with Tyrion matthew as well um but yeah, it, it seems weird. It seems like that's not the right way to go about beating this Chiefs team. And if that's the way our defense is leaning, I'm not opposed to it. If, if they can run no, the ball with us, but we can keep them keep them out of getting big yards through the air and and put the ball through the air through the air ourselves, then I'm, I'm not I'm not too opposed to it. No, that's a that's a winning combination. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm confident this week. Um, obviously, with Christian McCaffrey back, like I said, it does bring question marks, but I'm 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 quietly confident we can get the win here. It's it's hard to see beyond another double digit win, really, isn't it? To to be perfectly honest. And again, we were saying this for the podcast, weren't we? How it's not there's not many games left in the season that I could that I could say mm, that might not be a double digit win for us. Um, we are looking very comfortable. I, I can see two. The books, the books, the books, and the Saints are yeah. two way. You, you would say, I I, I think we'll. I think we'll win one and lose one out of those two, and I, I'm not sure which way around that goes. I think but, the Bucks will get the best of us. I, I think we can we can control the Saints. I don't think Drew Brees is pay, playing well enough um, to come like to come up to Patrick Mahomes' level. Uh, yeah, I just he's just not been playing well. We can't throw the deep ball, can he, this season, Drew Brees? Um, no. Yeah, I think I think they're I think the Saints are lucky to be in the position they're in. Uh, they're they're what five and three at the moment. 
Yes. And I don't think they look like a five and three team. They haven't been. But they, they haven't had Michael Thomas, who is their offense almost. I mean, Kamara's good, but like Thomas gets a, a million targets a season or something stupid like that. I mean, he is Drew Brees' go-to guy, and he runs those short intermediate routes, and he's almost uncoverable on them. And it's it's an easy. Eight to fifteen yards every time, almost. Yeah, yeah, he is such a solid piece of offense, um, and it's almost like Alvin Kamara has become their receiver since yeah, Mark Thomas yeah. gone down. Like he has come out the backfield a lot for the Saints, and that's because Drew Brees can't yeah, throw it anymore. Yeah, and it's helped yards. Drew Brees, yeah, uh, certainly because he, he, he just can't get that ball deep uh, this year. And obviously, like I said, and not having Mark Thomas does hurt that, but. It, I think a lot of it does rest on Drew Brees' shoulders. So, like his, he has, just hasn't been able to get it done for them this season, and he has been very reliant on Kamara out the backfield and, and letting him do his work because he can shuffle, he can move it as well when yeah. he's got the ball in his hands. Um, I mean, I think it was against the, it was against the Packers. He had that really nice run where he slipped about six defenders down the left sideline um, yeah. after catching a ball. He, he's a tricky player. He's great. Um, but yeah, I, out of the two, I could see I could see Tampa Bay beating us more than I can do the Saints, uh, just because of Breeze and Mahomes. I don't see Mahomes. Uh, well, I don't see Breeze being being up there with Mahomes' sort of the way he's playing. Yeah, I mean, twenty-one touchdowns and and one interception is it? He's on target for two interceptions for the season. That's just insane. Yeah, and he already has. To, is, is it twenty-one or twenty-four? I can't remember how many touchdowns he has. Twenty-four, isn't it? I think he's on target for forty-eight. Touchdowns and two interceptions. Wow. Wow, wow. Absolutely nuts. And one thing we haven't talked about as well from the Jets game is it suddenly catapulted Mahomes into the MVP conversation. Um, I mean, it was very much Aaron Rodgers um, and Russell Wilson going into it. And suddenly after this five-touchdown performance, I mean, I'm not surprised, but I am. it is something to to know that he has just suddenly cropped up in the MVP talk again. Uh, And I think that that... Touchdown to interception ratio does does bode well for him, especially going. Yeah, forwards. I was actually looking at the odds on that this morning, and he's second favourite behind Russell Wilson. Like Russell Wilson is odds on, like eight to fifteen uh, favourite. Mahomes, I think, was seven to two or nine to two. I think it was seven right. to two. And anyway, that doesn't surprise me because Russell Wilson doesn't have the team that Patrick Mahomes has. Um, Russell Wilson's had to do a lot more this season. Um, yes because he doesn't have the, the supporting cast that Kansas City has. Um, so, yeah, it, that doesn't surprise me a, a one bit. I think Russell Wilson's playing some amazing football this season. Uh, yeah, great. I, I really hope, early prediction, I really hope we see Seattle if we make it to the Super Bowl. I'd really like to see Seattle there, because that would be a, an amazing game, Russell Wilson versus Patrick Mahomes. I'd quite like to see Tampa Bay, to be honest. Uh, yeah, Tempe would be good as well. I uh, think that taking would be on Brady. Cool. Brady and Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I think in Tampa Bay cool. as well. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's right. That's a good point. Yeah, that would be great as well. Um, and they are obviously the two favourites come out in the NFC. So yes, and hopefully the Chiefs make it there again, uh, which should be good. It, it's hard to see it not being one of those two. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Packers were there earlier in the season, but they've not had a great couple of games, have they? And they no. do tend to do this, don't they? They do. T- I mean, I mean, I know they went thirteen and three last season, but they do tend to fizzle out as the season goes on. And and they are very like a hugely talked about team in in uh, like September and early October. And then as soon as the season goes on a bit, they do sort trail out a little bit, don't they? Yeah. Uh, and obviously, the NFC Championship game wasn't great for them against the Forty Nine ers. It was quite well, a dominant win for the Forty Nine ers, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. They did dismantle the the, the Packers. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, 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 yeah, I do think it's a two-horse race at the moment, though, between the Seahawks and, and the Buccaneers. Yeah, I would agree. Mm. And and it's largely a two-horse race in, in the AFC as well, with the with the Chiefs and the Steelers at the moment. Um, yeah, it's hard to look beyond the two of us, yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I couldn't see many people... I mean, now that, they, that we've both beaten the Ravens... Um, like they've kind of they've not been impressive this year I mean I, I was so high on the Ravens coming into this season uh, I said they had the best roster in the NFL I thought they'd, they'd be the best team in the NFL this year and they've just really not shown it um, so yeah I think it really is between the Chiefs and the Steelers at the moment I mean obviously things change week to week in the NFL it's, it's crazy how how much of a rollercoaster this season's been um, it's looking like a good season I mean I've, I've said this past couple of weeks now it is looking like a really good season shaping up for us so should be good yes Agreed. Mm. 
Do you have a uh, score prediction for next week uh, against the Panthers? No, um, double digits. Probably mid thirties to low twenties. I'm not sure how much more specific I can be. I'm just trying to do maths in my head here. Right, uh, uh, Seven hundred twenty-eight and thirty-one, thirty-four, twenty. Okay, twenty. That's quite a a high scoring game. I'm the, thinking two two touchdowns, yeah. two field goals. Yeah. Okay. We we don't give up more than twenty points often. I think. Yeah. We've, I think we've conceded more than 20 points once this season. That was the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So I'll stick with 20. Yeah, we have been playing some great defensive football this year, like keeping the opponents off the scoreboard as much. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking the same thing for the Chiefs. I'm thinking another 35-point uh, performance from us. Uh, we do have the potential to it again. I think we're great. Uh, I don't I don't think the Panthers would get as many as 20. I'm thinking more like 16 uh, around that range. Um, so, like, yeah, touchdown and three field goals. Um, yeah, but it should be should be fun. It should be a fun one. Looking forward to it. Yeah. And I was really annoyed actually because in the video predictions we did this year, uh, this uh, this week just gone against the Jets, I was four points off my prediction. Um, the final result it was thirty five to nine, and I predicted thirty five to twelve. I think uh, I went no thirty five thir- to thirteen. Sorry. I think I went thirty one ten. Ooh, that's not too far off either. That's no, five. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't a mile off. No. I didn't yeah. do one of the video ones this week. I, I think that's what I said on the podcast last week. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, we ha- and we had no one's got one right this season either. I'm, I'm no. determined to get one right. Even if it's not me, just someone get one right this season, it'd be great. It's so hard to predict. Yeah, oh yeah. Score. Yeah, it's so volatile, the exact sort. Yeah, but it should be good. Uh, I look forward to it. Yes. Cool. Right, well, I think we should, uh, we should wrap this up. I think we've... Uh... We did Covered quite well. That's yeah. 50 minutes. Yeah, not bad, yeah. <laughs> they always send it over, don't they? <laughs> well, yeah, I hope they you do, enjoyed yeah. uh, sticking around for 50 minutes and listening to me and Neil rattle on it. It's, it's been fun as always. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, enjoy the game, everyone, uh, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, see you guys. <laughs>